welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Summer sports tournaments are testing amateur athletes all over the country. The Native American Basketball Invitational is marking its 20th year and will soon welcome young athletes from more than 120 tribes. The Cherokee Nation is hosting traditional games like stickball and hatchet throwing every Friday throughout the summer. And the Senior Games welcomes hundreds of Native elders competing for medals in more than 50 events. We'll hear from athletes and event organizers coming up after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Since the U.S. Supreme Court struck down affirmative action practices at public and private universities, Alaska Native leaders have been assessing the impacts. As KMBA's Rhonda McBride found out, the court's decision has left them with a lot to consider. Alaska's regional Native corporations, all 12 of them, have a lot riding on affirmative action. Since their formation 50 years ago, they've collectively invested in more than $100 million in scholarships, and that doesn't include village corporations on the North Slope, like the Ukpiagvik Inupiat Corporation. Its president, Pearl Brower, says the corporation has grown to 60 companies. We employ about 3,600 people in almost every state in the nation. Many of those are Alaska Natives and include executives who have attended prestigious colleges. Brower says affirmative action has improved Native hire and helped companies succeed. At the core, what all of this does is really provide just more opportunity for everyone. Brower and others like Rosita Worrell, who heads up the Sea Alaska Heritage Institute, worry the ruling could unravel decades of work. To me, it's just so unfathomable that the Supreme Court did that. But Worrell is pleased with the court's other decision last month to uphold the Indian Child Welfare Act. The individuals who brought the ICWA case were saying that it was racial discrimination, but the Supreme Court ruled, no, it wasn't racial discrimination because the rights that we hold are political rights. Political rights that could have bearing in the court's affirmative action ruling. World says Sea Alaska attorneys have begun an intensive legal review, one she calls urgent for hundreds of Sea Alaska students currently on scholarships. But that argument is yet to be tested. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride. In Guatemala, indigenous groups are among those protesting government action to block the results of the June 25th election, in which a center-left anti-corruption candidate came in second to qualify for a runoff. Now, election results still hang in the balance, despite a court ruling saying a court-order vote review did everything according to the law. Maria Martin reports. Indigenous organizations have been among the most vocal groups protesting a court-ordered review of the results of Guatemala's June 25th election, which some say is akin to an electoral coup. 
the indigenous authorities of the prominent 48 Cantones of Totonicapan group said the court action was illegal and placed the August runoff election in jeopardy. That election was to have been between former First Lady Sandra Torres, supported by the status quo, and the surprise second-place winner, the anti-corruption candidate of the Samilla or Seed Party, Bernardo Arevalo. A spokesperson for 48 Cantones called on the court to revoke their order for a vote review and to respect the will of the people. They also said that if electoral authorities don't complete their review of contested results within three days, they'll call for road blockades and other protest actions across Guatemala. For National Native News, I'm Maria Martin. Nebraska archaeologists are searching for remains at a former Indian boarding school in Genoa. Three News Now reports above-ground technology was used months ago to identify grave sites at the Genoa Indian Industrial School. Now excavation is underway. The team hopes to find some answers about children who passed away at the school. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Vision Maker Media, envisioning a world changed and healed by understanding Native stories and the public conversations they generate. 45 plus years of Native stories and Indigenous knowledge through film and media can be found at visionmakermedia.org. The second annual Nakota Lawrence Youth Hoop Dance Championship comes to Santa Fe's Museum of Indian Arts and Culture August 5th and 6th. Registration for native hoop dancers up to 26 years old open through August 3rd at lightningboyfoundation.com who support this show. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. After spending the year training and practicing, elders from dozens of tribes are competing in events like cycling, volleyball, shuffleboard, and more at the annual National Senior Games. The games showcase athleticism and inspire fitness and health among people over the age of 50. Another major, major sporting event is gearing up in Phoenix. The Native American Basketball Invitational welcomes young athletes from more than 120 tribes for the tournament that spans nearly a week. Today we'll talk from participants and organizers of these events to get a feel for the action. We'll also hear about Cherokee Nation traditional games taking place all summer long. But we also want to hear from you. Are you or have you been training for an athletic competition? What sports do you enjoy participating in during the summer months? Tell us about your athletic pursuits by calling 1-800-996-2848. That number again, 1-800-996-2848 or just 1-800-99-NATIVE. You can also post on any of our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, and more. Yeah, post a picture of yourself playing a sport. We'd love to see it. Joining us first from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is Simeon Gibson. He is a National Senior Games Association athlete. He is Cherokee and Choctaw. Simeon, welcome back to Native America Calling. Hey, I'm glad to hear you guys. 
Um, uh, first of all, let me thank let me thank you for having me on out in Albuquerque a couple of years ago. You bet, you bet, Simeon. You were on the show in Albuquerque, and then you were just on the show uh, just earlier this year. In fact, last we spoke, you were embarking on this nearly 1,000-mile bike ride from Tahlequah, Oklahoma, to the games there in Pittsburgh. I take it you made it safely. I made, I made it safely. Didn't have, <laughs> didn't have any bike trouble. Didn't have a flat or anything. <clears throat> uh, well, that's I, great to hear. However, however, I probably wouldn't ride that far again. <laughs> Once is enough, I'll bet. Well, Simeon, how are the games going this year? What are you enjoying most about the competition? Right now, it's just camaraderie because my events don't start until uh, tomorrow and Monday. Mm -hmm. And what events are you going to be competing in? You're going to be cycling, and what else are you going to be doing? That's that's it. That's all I do is bicycle. But I'm I'll be riding in the 10k and the 40k. That's that's what the weather 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 holds. We have weather coming in tomorrow. So I hope it gets here earlier in the night and not in the morning. Mm -hmm. Now, are those events scheduled on consecutive days or going to have some time to rest in between the 10K and the 40K? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a couple of days because Friday is, is the 10K and Monday will be the 40K. Oh, good. So you can rest up through the weekend. Now, Simon, how many years now have you been competing uh, at the senior games? In the... In the national senior games, oh, this be the fourth time I've, I've been to Bir Birmingham, Albuquerque, Fort Lauderdale, and then to these these games here in Pittsburgh. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, how do you think you're going to do uh, in the 10K and the 40K? Are you looking to win those, or you just want to place, or is it just about the participation for you? Just, I just want a place in either one. I think my my best bet is uh, is the longer ride, the 40k. I, I personally, I personally feel like the shorter races, the the time trials are harder because you have to go full out all the way. Well, like for a bike, that's almost like a sprint, right? A 10k. It is. It is. Mm. And what about how long does uh, it take you to, to ride 10, 10 kilometers yeah. on your bike, Simeon? You know, I really, <clears throat> I really don't know. I don't, I don't time myself when I ride. You just get on the bike and you just go? I just get on the bike and go, right? I, I don't <laughs> think I have ever timed myself. Simeon, have you met a lot of other Native folks there competing in Pittsburgh? Oh, really, I, I have just. I, I went, uh, I'm probably one of probably five that come from Oklahoma, but uh, but our our eastern band of Indians, they they sent I think fifty some athletes here. Mm -hmm. Well, that's and, wonderful, wonderful to, to hear. And Simeon, we actually have another athlete there from Oklahoma, and uh, she's on the show right now. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and introduce her. Stephanie Spencer, she is uh, United Ketua Band of Cherokee, and she's uh, a basketball player. She's from Pawnee, Oklahoma. Stephanie, hello. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, enjoying talking to Simeon and hearing about what's going on in Pittsburgh. So tell us about uh, the basketball tournament that you're participating in there. 
Well, we just got through with the 55 and older, and we got fifth. Yay! And then uh, this weekend, we are going to play the 50-year-olds. So I'm playing down. Okay. And what's your position on the court? I am the center. Center. How tall so when are I you? I got here. Everybody is so much taller than I am. <laughs> okay. I was, I was going to I was for an Indian, but not for <laughs> these players. Well, okay. Hold on a second. What does that mean, tall for an Indian? Because there's some tribes with some big, tall people. Well, I'm 5'11 and a half, so when I'm in Oklahoma, I uh, tower everybody. <laughs> but here in the national, uh, national, they're like 6'2", six 6'3". Six Holy cow, those are some big people out there playing center. I know. I guess. <laughs> well, how long have you been uh, playing basketball there at the senior games? Uh, for the nationals, four years. For the uh, state games, probably seven years. Okay. Now, did you grow up playing ball in Oklahoma? Yes, uh, I used to play in Stillwater, Oklahoma, back in the day. Stillwater or Stillwell? Stillwell. Stillwell, yeah. Cherokee country, northeastern Oklahoma. Right. Okay. Where'd you go to high school? Stillwell High School. Okay. So did you play ball there at the high school level? Yes. I played as a guard. So we when did you? on six back then. Oh, okay. Well, as I recall, back in the day, Oklahoma had a half court. Up until the 80s, I think they had half court for girls, didn't they, in Oklahoma? Yes. Uh, when I graduated in 84, that was the last year they did uh, six on six. Wow. Six on six, half court. That must have been an interesting game. It was. Well, what draws you to the senior games? Um, you know, you've been competing in this for years now. Why, why do you make the trip every year? I enjoy the people and uh, the, the towns that host us. We can do some sightseeing and uh, the athleticism of the people and also meeting everybody. I just enjoy seeing other natives here. It just makes my heart proud that we are still able to be counted and everything for uh, tournaments and stuff that's not just local. Mm -hmm. And have you met a lot of other native folks from other parts of the country there this week? Yes, and we're going to play tomorrow against a North Carolina Cherokee team. So I'm excited <laughs> to see them. <laughs> That'll be a good game for sure. What time is tip-off? Uh, it's at 10. 10 a.m. there in Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, Stephanie and Simeon, please stay on the line. I want to talk with you more. But at this point, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Dell Moon, who is also in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is the National Senior Games Association Communications and Media Director. Dell, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I'm just honored to be here. Well, we're sure thrilled to have you on the show and listening to Simeon and Stephanie earlier. Sounds like the senior games are in full swing as we speak. Yes, indeed. We started on the uh, on the 8th of July. We have 21 sports total, 20 right here in Pittsburgh during this time period. And all told, over 11,000, well, exactly 11,576 athletes. I got that burned into my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of people to manage. It must be a huge, uh, huge economic boom there for these cities that host the games. Yeah, generally they run somewhere in the range of 30 to $35 million direct economic impact, about twenty five to 28000 total, including athletes uh, coming in for visits. And it does have a big boost, but we're also a mission-driven organization. We're out to get a mission, a message out to everyone that even if you don't play these sports, do what these people, the example, stay active, 
Find something you like to do and keep doing it, and you'll enjoy some some of the benefits of the successful aging that these people are seeing. And the same thing with Simeon. You know, 15 years ago, he was he was afraid to stick himself with a needle for for diabetes. He was that close, and and today, it, it's so far away. He's 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 such a he's such a great role model. And the, and the bottom line is that he feels good. He's doing well, and and he's gonna he's gonna be around for a long time. Right, right. Simeon, is that true? Fifteen years ago, you were you were battling diabetes in that way. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen years ago, uh, had bad diabetes, taking two different medications for it, taking heart meds, taking high high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I think I was on seven different pills. Uh, at that time, I started. I retired because I thought I was on my last leg, and uh, I retired to enjoy life a little bit. The enjoyment my part, I did. The, the, the diabetes, I did without. Because the exercise I do now, uh, I didn't do it <clears throat> simply because I wanted to get rid of diabetes. I, I did it because I, well, I, I wanted to enjoy life. And, by, and that bicycle, I love that bicycle. <laughs> I, I, ride, I ride not for the exercise. I ride because I love riding a bike. Simeon, you are an inspiration to us all. Stephanie Spencer, you're an inspiration. All of the Native folks that are, who are competing there in Pittsburgh over the next couple of weeks are huge inspirations to us. And we're going to learn more about the, the Native participation there in the senior games, but we do have to take a short break. Anyone listening, if you'd like to give a shout-out to Simeon's, uh, <clears throat> Simeon Gibson or Stephanie Spencer, or if you have any relatives who are in Pittsburgh, competing right now in any of these events there's a whole lot of them basketball shuffleboard archery running bowling you name it give us a call give them a shout out 1-800-996-2848 that's our number 1-800-996-2848 let's get some phones going here some phone calls we've got the lines open our producers are waiting for your call 1-800-996-2848 The Environmental Protection Agency estimates Americans throw away 34 billion pounds of used textiles every year. There's a movement among some native clothing designers to offset the industry's waste by creating clothes from recycled material. We'll look at the concept of sustainable fashion on the next Native America Calling. Hwaka. Yuragayaranik <laughs> Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Right now in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, people ages 50 and up are competing in the National Senior Games. And next week, the Native American Basketball Invitational kicks off in Phoenix, Arizona. We want to hear from you. Do you know someone competing at the Senior Games this year? 
Will your tribe be playing at the Nabby next week or any interesting athletic competitions coming up? Join the conversation, 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. I want to give a quick shout-out to an athlete I know, Escapula Bird. He is Kiwa, Pueblo, Oke, Owinge, Lakota, and Diné. And he is up in Eugene, Oregon. He's going to be competing at the end of the month in the National Junior Track Meet. He competes for the NB3 4 by 100 relay team. He's seven years old. It's a seven, eight-year-old category. And uh, he has qualified there for that big event. So big shout-out there for Mr. Bird from OK Owinge, among other tribes. And let's go ahead and go back to our guests now. And uh, we've got Del Moon on the line, as well as a couple of Native athletes there at the Senior Olympics. And Del Moon is the Senior Games Association Communications and Media Director. Del, tell us more about uh, the presence of Native athletes there at the Games in Pittsburgh. What are they doing? How about how many folks are there? Well, you know, we don't ask people specifically in registration, you know, what their ethnicity is. We allow them to do that voluntarily. Uh, so I don't have an exact number, but I'll tell you what, I, I run into people of Native American ancestry on a regular basis. Um, and one, one of the teams that I always love to see, it's called uh, uh, the Anasazi Women. And, and I think that's a great joke because it, I know Anasazi means the ancient one. So I thought they have a great sense of humor. And their coach, uh, Mary Begay, she had a saying that she told me in 2017 that stopped me dead in my tracks. And it, it, it summarizes the best advice that you can give somebody. And it's probably a traditional saying, but it, it basically says, take care of the elder that you will become. Mm. Take care of the elder that you will become. Love it. The Anastasi ladies now, are they a basketball team? What's their event? Basketball team, they're probably 65 plus now. Um, I, I didn't catch up with Mary this time or look her up, but uh, he just reminded me to bring that up, but I did see that she was registered. So, um, yeah, we, we, do have, uh, we do have quite a few Native American uh, uh, folks. Those folks out of Ch uh, the Eastern Band, they're just so great. I saw the Koala Boundary team the other day. We brought a TV station down. They wanted to catch the opening of the games, and we were lucky enough to see them doing their, their, their practice. Very well organized. And I'm just so impressed that they sponsor and bring them down, and they, they, they put their staff in 15-passenger vans and drive down to meet them so they can take them around town. I, I just think it's really great that they facilitate that experience because it, there's just a very unusual and positive and just uh, atmosphere of of just you know camaraderie of joy of living and and just of when these people see each other it's like a validation I may be the only person 75 doing a 5k in my little town but when I get to nationals oh my gosh I got 18 people I'm beat, trying to beat my own age division and then you say. Yeah, but they're all doing the same thing I am, and they're all doing it for the same reason, for their health and well-being, and they make great friends. It, there's really not a lot of, like, cutthroat competition involved in this. Everybody competes, but if I get you this time, well, you'll get me next time, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, but, but everybody understands that there's a larger thing going on, and that creates an atmosphere that's just hard to describe. I've been with this organization 10 years. And you can pay me a lot. You can try to pay me a lot more money to go work somewhere else in, in a corporate environment. But uh, for the experiences that I've gotten, and the fact that I myself have been kind of shamed by a lot of people to get my own situation together, I started out this job at 280 pounds. 
I'm, 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 I've lost 55 of those pounds and I've started doing power walking and my life has been transformed. And so, so for me personally to have that kind of thing happen and then to meet people day after day, very inspiring. Simeon Gibson. I mean, I, I, I would like to tell you very quickly one quick story that, that, that okay. will tell you about his heart. That in, in the last National Senior Games, we, we tell all the cyclists, you know, if there's a spill and, and there, sometimes people do get hurt and, and fall over, you know, we've got medical there. I mean, they, they take the risk. It comes to sport. Uh, but just keep going. Finish your race. Finish your race. Well, well, Simeon comes around and sees this woman go down. He goes over and stays with her. And then, and then he comes in last. Well, I heard about it and ran up to him. I said, Simeon, you didn't have to do that. You could have finished your race. Why did you do that? And he looked straight through me and he said, if you love humanity, you stop to help. So, you know, it, competition isn't everything. No, no. And that is so inspiring. And Simeon just continues <laughs> to inspire everyone he meets. And uh, he just has such a great attitude uh, on life and, and sports and, and everything that he does. So really appreciate you, Dell, sharing uh, that information with us. I'm also glad you mentioned the Eastern Band Cherokee basketball team because, Stephanie, you just mentioned you're going to play that team, I believe, tomorrow, and it sounds like they're pretty competitive. Does that concern you? These folks are gearing up for a big game. There were the uh, 75-65 team, so that they played last week, or, and so we're going to play a different 55-50 team this, this week. Okay, so different team. Brought two teams in. Different Eastern Band team. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably good anyway. You know how we <laughs> love to play basketball. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Stephanie, how long are you going to be in Pittsburgh? About when do you think you'll be heading home when the games wrap up? Uh, Monday. Monday. Okay. And uh, are you going to take some souvenirs home for your family? Of course. I like to share pictures and everything and tell my niece and nephews, this is what you can do. Just keep keep at it. Keep at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. At this point, we're going to go ahead and switch gears. But before I do, another shout out. If anybody would like to talk to one of our athletes today, one of our guests, give us a call. 1-800-996-2848. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the senior games there in Pittsburgh. But right now, I want to introduce a third guest who is in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. His name is Danny McCarter, and he is the interpretive guide for the Cherokee Nation Cultural Tourism Group. He's a citizen of the Cherokee Nation. Danny, welcome to Native America Calling. Oh, yeah. It's good to be on here, Sean. Well, it's and good to have you, Danny. I, and, uh, I do know uh, Simeon personally. Me and him worked together at the Hastings Hospital for quite a few years. Oh, you did? You did you follow yeah. his exploits there on his on his on his bike rides? Oh yeah, I I had uh, I had talked to him the other day at the uh, symposium that we have here in April. They had him up there uh, talking a little bit about his bike riding. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, Danny, I know you're not there at the senior games, but you you run a program there in Tahlequah, and it sounds like traditional Cherokee games are a big hit among kids there in Cherokee Nation. What's the attraction? Well, I think the attraction is that, you know, we, our Cherokee Heritage Center is closed um, and uh, for renovations, and it'll open in a couple of years. And that was normally where we had most of our uh, Native American games. Uh, most of our stuff was done there. But here at the museum, every Friday, I do a traditional game 
between 11 and 1. And I usually do, you know, chunky. I do marbles. I do stickball. I try I try to do stickball when it's kind of cloudy and kind of because I don't have any shade trees on on the uh, north side of our uh, museum here. So and my stickball pole goes out there in that field. So I usually wait till it's kind of shady before I try to do it there. But I can do marble. I do do marbles out here uh, on the west side of our museum, and I also do chunky out here as well. And okay, every, now this game chunky. Uh, Chunky, I, yeah. I believe that's uh, a spear-throwing game, is it? Yes, yes. Um, it's a game that, you know, it's it's been around, uh, you know, Henry Timberlake, who was who lived among the Cherokees in the 1760s, uh, James Adair, uh, James Mooney. Uh, these were men who uh, studied uh, Cherokee way of life in those 1700s. And James Mooney said that he thought that Chunky translated out to mean hard labor, and because uh, the game of Chunky is a, a pretty fast-moving game then, and it can be, I guess, if that's what you do. But here, you know, we're just trying to show people the basics of, of the game. Uh, we have our Chunky Stone, which is rolled out, and then the kids or, or the adults uh, throw the spear, and whoever is closest to the stone, once it stops, uh, gets a point. And so we have a point system, uh, usually seven, sometimes 12. Uh, and it, it's a, it's a game that everybody seems to enjoy. Um, and so that's usually what I do out here. What about marbles? Is there a, a, a special way to play traditional marbles there? Yes. Um, I, I always tell people, you know, the, the five hole marble game, which is our traditional game. Um, I, I I didn't grow up playing that. Um, I I I grew up playing out at the uh, Heritage Center in the ancient village, and we had a game what we call poison, and it has to do with marbles, but it's a different variation of the five hole game because our our game was more geared for for fun and you know uh, just uh, the basic. Uh, game now the five hole game is really the rules are really stringent they've been laid out like that for many many years they've been playing marbles as far back as when we were back when the Cherokees were back in the southeast and here in in Tahlequah um, most of our marble players come from the north of Tahlequah like Little Kansas Jay uh, Clouds Creek is probably one of the one of the most uh, known places for marbles. They have a marble field out there and they play. And yeah, the uh, five hole marble game is, the rules are really stringent. It's really laid out. I mean, it's, and those guys out there, they play, they start playing that one there <laughs> when they're small children. Like <laughs> here, you know, here, here in Tahlequah, we, you know, like we play baseball, they play uh -huh. marbles out there. So. It, well, Danny, tell I'm sorry. Tell me more about the actual the marbles themselves. Now, are these like the kind of marbles you can go buy at a, at a Walmart, or are these special marbles that folks make themselves? No, what the, what the, what we play with, what we call marbles now, are uh, just billiard balls. Oh, we use pool balls, and uh, uh, the the game that they play out here south of town. If you come to Tahlequah and you go out to our Heritage Center, they have a marble field laid out in front, and that's where we've always played even because uh, on Cherokee holiday, 
what we do is uh, we have a tournament out north of town, I mean, out at Clouds Creek in that area, and the finalists, usually the last four teams standing or the last six, they'll bring them down here to the Heritage Center, and then they'll finish it out there. And uh, the balls are, are uh, from what I hear, they're a little bit bigger than the, than the, the uh, regulation uh, pool billiard balls. They they go to a different place, and what they'll do is they'll get the cue balls, which are the white ones, and then they put their own designs on them. That's really cool. You yeah. know what, Danny? If you could, you could maybe get some photos of those uh, balls, and and we could put them up on our website. That'd be really cool. Oh. I can do that. Um, All right. Uh, well, tell yeah, us. The, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Danny. Uh, no, no, no. I go ahead. Well, I was going to ask. I mean, the kids that are playing these games, uh, what do they like most about it? Um, I think it's the competition. See, normally when whenever we play the marble game, you know, uh, our game. I always play our game of poison out here. You know, and I set up four or five stakes, and then you have the poison hole, and the, what it is is it's like a race to the end, and wh- whoever hits the middle middle stake is now poisoned. So that's how they knock everybody else out. You want to be the last man standing. Well, normally when I play this game, and people who've never played this game, uh, normally after they lose, I want to play again. You know, and so <laughs> you know it's just it's just the competitiveness of it. I think that gets people really going, but. I've I've uh, showed people this game, you know, in Tulsa and uh, people who have come from different areas, and now they're playing that game. They go they go to their, you know, they go home wherever they're from, and they'll make their own marble field out there, and they'll play with their families. And one guy from Tulsa just came through here the other day, and I had been at Mohawk Park uh, during one of our events, and I had been uh, out there uh, playing that game with people. And he really took it serious. I mean, he he got his he had his mom and his wife and his kids out there, and he came here and he told me that's what they do now. He said he went to Walmart, bought him some tent stakes, and bought him a uh, box of billiard balls, and he said they play that all the time. No, that just sounds like so much fun. And Danny, tribes all over have traditional games and. Uh, What's your advice for, for any tribal community that's interested in, in putting together some kind of program like this where, where children learn some of these traditional games? I think that's that's really the uh, – you just have to uh, make time for it. I mean, uh, that's what we do here. Uh, they allow me to do this on Fridays, and uh, it, it gets pretty hot here. I mean, here in Tahlequah, but, I mean, the people still like to come. I had, you know, the Tahlequah Press, our, our newspaper here in Tahlequah, they usually come out and take some pictures, you know, of the kids playing the games, which really uh, generates some interest when they do that. And so that a lot of people come because they've seen it in the paper and they hear about it. The Phoenix comes out, and our, our paper for the uh, the tribe, the Cherokee Phoenix will come out and, and they'll take some pictures. And, and I even get some of those people to get out and play sometimes. And so then it generates that, that interest. And so people come and want to play. And so, yeah, some, some Fridays that's, uh, I'm out there for two hours normally, and sometimes the whole two hours and people are still wanting to play, you know, well, <laughs> let's play till two o'clock, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, but I mean, if you, you got to really get the young people interested, that's, 
that's the deal. I mean, once once you get them interested, then then it survives. It's kind of like you know I was talking about our heritage center out there south of town. Uh, that's where most of us grew up. You know, that's where most of the traditions were still done, and that's where most of our elders were uh, gathered. Is there? So we we learned the games, we learned the history. Um, that that's normally what you got to do is you got to get the young people interested in, mm-hmm. in in their culture and in in their games and in and like our language. I mean, you know. Uh, now that we have our immersion schools and our uh, master apprentice programs, you know everybody's getting interested in the language, and so that that's really helped out the tribe a lot. Well, Danny, we sure do appreciate you joining us today and and telling us about these traditional games there in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. We're going to have to take another short break. Anyone who would like to to comment today on our show, we're talking about summertime sports, summertime tournaments, competitions. Let us know what you're up to this summer. What are you playing? What are you competing in? Or if you have relatives out there who are competing, or you'd like to give a shout out to one of our guests today, you can do that. Just call 1-800-996-2848, or maybe post something on social media as well. We do Facebook, Instagram, and more. Just let us know. Keep it. Keep in contact with us. Engage with us here at Native America Calling. This is a community that we have here, and it only works if we all participate. We'll be right back. Summer vacation time is here, and you're invited to get to know Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Mariachi Spectacular Concert and Conference brings vibrant artistic, cultural, and ethnic mariachi maestros to teach and share the culture of the music and its history. Legends such as Stefan Carrillo, Mariachi Cobre, and Jose Hernandez of Sol de Mexico provide a truly unique and extraordinary music and educational experience July 12th through the 15th. The Albuquerque Hispano Chamber of Commerce's Convention and Tourism Department supports this show. You are listening to Native America Calling, and there is still time to get in on this conversation about summertime sports. Share your thoughts by calling 1-800-996-2848. And as a reminder, you can always listen back to this show and past shows on all major podcast platforms. Off that, let's take a caller now. Shell, listening up in Fort Hall, Idaho, on station KISU. Hello, Shell. I'm on yeah, uh, our reunion will be starting up maybe about the 8th. Uh, well, I haven't spoken to the uh, coordinator yet, but we have this spear-throwing uh, game. It's like a contest, and they put a ring out there, and they put a flag up, and then they uh, all the men, maybe women sometimes, I don't know, they throw that spear, and it tries to get inside that ring or get near that flag and the got the person that gets closest to that flag is the winner well that sounds like a really it's fun cool. game shell now is that just a competition or is there any kind of gambling involved with that to see who who gets the the spear where it needs to be or is it just just for fun well it's an old game that we're trying to revise and bring back uh it's kind of like horseshoes mm. Well, Shell, that sounds like a, a great game there, and I hope this show is helpful because we heard from uh, Danny down there in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, talking about revitalizing games and things like that. So, so maybe you folks can 
can learn from that experience and, and develop this game more and get more people involved in the competition. Always a pleasure to, to hear from Shell. He's a frequent caller. He's up in Fort Hall, Idaho. So thanks again, Shell, for calling in. And at this point, let's switch gears again and let's talk about a little bit of basketball. We've got two guests on our show. They're going to help us do that. First, joining us from Phoenix, Arizona is Gina Marie Scarpa. She is the president and CEO of the Native American Basketball Invitational. It's called the NABI. Gina Marie, welcome back to Native America Calling. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And joining us from Scammon Bay, Alaska is Harley Sundown. He is a teacher and a basketball coach. He is Yupik. Harley, welcome to Native America Calling as well. Hey, great to be here this morning. Great to have you both on the show. And Gina Marie uh, Nabby, it's a big deal. Tell us more about it. Well, it's coming up. We're celebrating our 20th year and our teams arrive on Monday uh, with our big kickoff of our team check-in and it's going to be fabulous. We're real excited. Um, 20 years is a major accomplishment. Um, you know, we, we just are just so excited. But I wish I was in Alaska at this time because Phoenix is really hot right now. <laughs> I'll bet it is. I'll bet it is. Uh, now, Harley, are, are you in Phoenix now getting ready for the game? Or are you heading, you'll be heading down when exactly? Um, I'm in Bethel, Alaska right now. We flew in yesterday on a small plane, took an hour, and then... Uh, uh, we while we were here, we took in some games at a village called Quixuk, which is an hour, uh, forty-five minute boat ride from Bethel. So we're going to be flying in uh, to Anchorage uh, this uh, midday, and then uh, to Seattle tonight. And uh, we'll be spending the night at the airport, and then to Vegas tomorrow, uh, the day after, um, and then. Uh, that's, we'll be playing there at Vegas, and then we'll drive to Phoenix on uh, Sunday. Wow, so that is going to be a full agenda there, a lot of travel, and then you're competing along the way. Gina Marie, do you have a lot of folks, uh, teams from Alaska, coming down to the tournament? Yeah, I know th- I know. there's another girls' team that's heading down. Uh, they're kind of a mixed team from uh, the uh, Yupik area, central Yupik area, Inupiaq area. And uh, some uh, Tlingit uh, uh, Athabascans uh, on the team. And then there's another boys team that's heading down. They're also a mixture of uh, players from different uh, uh, ethnicities, uh, like the Yupik, the Athabascans, the uh, Tlingit, so um, Inupiaq. So there's there's uh, at least three teams that are heading down to uh, uh, uh to Phoenix to play ball. All right. Harley, thank you uh, for those updates. I'm going to come back to you, but before I do, I, I, I want to ask Gina Marie. Gina Marie, listening to Harley, I mean, they are making a, a big commitment traveling all the way down to Phoenix. Uh, from what other parts of Native America do you have teams competing? Oh, they're coming from all over the country. I mean, Seminole tribes, you know, our Northern Plains tribes, Oklahoma, California. I mean, they're, they come from all over. And we have New Zealand. Um, after two years of not being able to travel due to the COVID, um, they got permission to travel, so they're back again. So we have two teams flying in from New Zealand representing the Maori tribe. Wow. Wow. So many teams, so many players. And I, and I know you've got some pretty high-profile partnerships, and uh, you have an NBA player, if I'm not mistaken, who's uh, attending the tournament this year. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We have Marjan um, Bochamp come in, and he is with the Milwaukee Bucks, and um, 
he's with uh, Lucano Indians, I believe, and he he's he's always been a Navi fan. I mean, Navi was around when he was in high school. Um, he just always was well aware of our program. Um, we are just so lucky to have him as a major fan and his willingness to come this year, his first year in the NBA too. And, and he's a busy man. I mean, he's up at summer league right now. He was just in Greece with Giannis. Um, so to have him come out and make this commitment to our kids, we are just so excited about it. And, um, you know, we have Indian country excited about it as well. There's going to be a lot of people coming out. Um, he will be at the championship games, giving away the trophies. And then he's doing a, uh, private speaking appearance just for teams um, before the doors open on Sunday for the championship games at Footprint Center, home of the Phoenix Suns. So we, yes, we do have a lot of wonderful things going for us and high-profile partners, high-profile athletes. Um, it's just real exciting. It goes to show you just the commitment towards our youth and our community. Now, Gina Marie, of course, basketball is the focus of the tournament, but there's a, a lot of other working parts to this whole event. Uh, what else is going on? Well, you know, the one thing we all know is how how the love of the game within our communities. I mean, Res Ball is evidence of that. Um, and they're wonderful. The more tournaments we have, the more showcasing our talent. But now we wanted to be different. You know, Marjan even said it, we're unique. Um, and what makes our uniqueness so great is that we, we pull out all stops. I mean, we the tournament itself, you know, we play on an NBA court. They're hat, they get their uniforms. They get We have parties. But it's about education at the end of the day. Um, Mark West, our co-founder, and I always believe that when you have this many youth that you can inspire, we have a week to do it. So we load up on educational programs. We have our college and career fair. We have our educational summit. Both are powered by Phoenix Indian Center. So we partnered with them so they can bring all their skills and talent and resources to really enhance our educational programs. We have our scholarships. We've given over $450,000 away in college scholarships. So NABI truly is known for being the most prestigious. I mean, everybody wants to win that NABI championship. We've been around for 20 years. But our success is really based on making sure we provide those educational kind of inspiration. You know, kids who come, if they don't know what they're going to do with their lives after high school, we're hoping when they leave Navi and they have a plan. Mm-hmm. And, and for the tournament winners, uh, what do they receive in addition to trophies? Well, this year they received the trophy. Um, you know, we always had to be careful because, you know, of um, NIL, giving players money there are some states right now that allow it arizona unfortunately is not one of them but we're kind of going to be working around that next year we weren't going to make the announcement yet but we're considering we're championship teams next year each player get a thousand dollar scholarship wow wow well that would probably just make the tournament all that much more popular and harley i want to go back to you i mean listening to gina marie describe this tournament there's going to be nba player other celebrities there's educational opportunities just so much going on what do you want your players to 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 gain from this experience traveling all the way down there to phoenix arizona to play basketball well being up in village alaska you know, we just don't have the opportunities to be able to play throughout the summer. In our season, generally goes in the winter from December to March, so we don't get to play summer basketball that's available to most of the uh, United States uh, away from Alaska, and so we get a chance to have our boys play at least a week uh, while we're down there. 
And then when we come back, it's back to subsistence activities. So the other thing is, you know, we, we went down there a number of years and, you know, one of our boys actually was taken in by Phoenix and the opportunities that were uh, showcased at the, um, uh, at the uh, job career fair. And so uh, he actually enrolled in uh, the Motorcycle Mechanics Institute there after many, after maybe two or three trips down to Phoenix. So the uh, career fair actually does have an impact on the students there because it, it allows our own kids uh, exposure to a different lifestyle, a different culture, and the heat, of course. I mean, who can... <laughs> <laughs> Who can go down from 60-degree weather and get into 110 degrees and, and not be shocked? So it's, 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 a great, it's a great opportunity for our kids to, you know, experience uh, absolutely different uh, lifestyle and culture. Yeah. Well, good thing those games are going to be indoors and, and air-conditioned arena. I would assume, right, Gina-Marie, these, these games are all played indoors. Nobody's playing outside in 100 degrees, are they? No, of course. Actually, we will have uh, – we've also partnered with a um, um, an electrolyte company as well. So Native First Nutrition will be on hand at, at check-in to make sure each team has, you know, electrolyte powder in their, in their bags, you know, to make sure the kids are hydrating before and after the games. And the most important thing is we try to, you know, educate our teams is to hydrate at night, you know, you know, when you're home, you're back in your hotels and you're set on, make sure all your players hydrate and be ready for the next day and have plenty of water. Um, we are really proactive on that message. Um, and, and thus far we haven't had any major incidents, but all our gyms are, um, yes, they have air AC. Um, there's going to be water available, water stations. So, um, again, we just want to make sure, you know, our kids are here, um, that we, we watch out for them, that their parents know, you know, sending them, they're in good hands. And listening to Harley describe that one player who, who went down there and was inspired to, to go to the motorcycle repair school, it sounds like this tournament is working on a number of levels, Gina Marie. Well, you know, the the great thing for us, the, you know, where we get the goosebumps and we get that wind beneath our wings when we're exhausted and question like, our, can we do another year? Because, you know, fundraising is always difficult. Um, so it is what it is. But it's when we hear these the stories, just like Harley just mentioned, and, and then our summit, our educational summit, when our Native American NAVI players come back after they finish college or their doctors and their lawyers, and it happens all the time. So, you know, are you here? I hear people come up to me and said, I'm, I, I was wearing my Nobby jersey, and somebody approached me, and they were talking about, you know, their youth that went through the program and how much it helped them. And, you know, giving away those scholarships, we give $10,000 to each um, uh, one of our boys, senior athletes, and girls, senior athletes, every year on Santa Cordia on the championship games. I mean, when we're making a difference, and we know that, and it's using the love of the game. You know, that's what makes it so special. We're just using the love of the game of basketball um, in our communities to create these platforms and these opportunities for our kids. I mean, there's so many red ball tournaments out there. There was just one in the East Valley not too long ago, big showcase, 18 courts, you know, scouts everywhere. It tells you that there's a need. Um, there's talent, both athletically and academically. Navi, like I said, we like to just brand ourselves as the most prestigious, unique, 
um, making sure those educational components are part of our program. You know, like I said, we want our kids to leave Navi having a plan. And, that, you know, what education, whether it's a trade school, whether it's, you know, university, you know, junior college, have a plan because it's education can never be taken away, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well spoken, Gina Marie. Well, Jim, speaking of talent, I mean, tell us about some of the standout teams and players and, uh, you know, who are the names to watch here in this tournament? You know, we, we are working on that right now with our coaches. Like, please submit your names. Who's your players? Because we want to get that information out. Um, so we're, we're going to have everything out, out here fairly soon. Um, I have my team working on that right now. But there's a lot of players coming, hoping to – you know, stand out. Uh, a lot of teams that have already won tournaments across the country are coming here. So our our player level, I mean, you cannot come to Nobby as a new team just thrown together because you won't make it through. You won't make it through <laughs> pool play, right? Um, we are we are known for that. Like, bring your best game, bring your best players. So we do have players come from all over the country. Um, and again, we'll be promoting that information once we kind of compile it all because we want to make sure that, you know, promoting our kids not only to get, you know, people to come watch them, but also for the scouts to know where they're playing, what gym they're playing at. So we're working on that right now. So I would love to throw some names out there, but I don't have those in front of me right now. Okay. Now, Gina Marie, is it too late to register? I mean, can teams just show up and and still compete, or do you have to work through the system in advance? No, NABI is a selection process because we get so many teams. Um, we open, we actually open up registration November 1st of this year for 2024. That's how big it is, and that's how many teams we got. Um, with you know me making that official announcement on your radio program about giving away the scholarships now, it's only going to probably increase our team um, applications. Um, so registration opens November 1st. We usually close it around February, March. Because um, we have to order uniforms, all our uniforms custom made, beautiful uniforms. Um, so there's so much preparation in putting on this one of the best tournaments in Indian country. Um, so no, we wish teams can just show up and play, but that's not how we we are organized. Um, okay. But and I'm sorry, said, Jim. What's the what's the the registration cost for a team Danner? The registration cost is 800 for six to eight players and then $100 for any additional players. But we're going to change that up again next year, too, without getting into, into all the details of making all these announcements. But we're going to change that up. So it'll be we want to get to like 10 players um, maximum, you know, because we are going to be doing now the scholarships, the $1,000 scholarships. And so we're changing up some of the format for going into our 21st year. Um, but again, we still make it affordable for the teams. It's not going to be nothing major, um, and you know, hoping we're hoping to do 156 teams next year. All righty. Well, good luck with uh, the Nabby tournament coming up in Phoenix, Arizona. And at this point, we are going to have to wrap up the show. We are out of time. But let me thank our guests today: Simeon Gibson, Del Moon. Stephanie Spencer, Danny McCarter, Gina Marie Scarpa, and Harley Sundown for a summer sports rundown on Native America Calling. Hope you'll tune into the show again tomorrow as we take a look at Native designers embracing sustainable fashion. Check it out. Did you know that bare space is best when it comes to your baby's sleep? That's right. When you keep their crib free from toys, pillows, blankets, and other loose objects, you can drastically reduce the risk of suffocation. All your little one needs is to be placed on their back. 
atop a tightly fitted sheet to ensure a safer night's rest. More infant sleep safety information at cpsc.gov. Support by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Support for this program provided by the American Indian Higher Education Consortium, the collective spirit and unifying voice of 37 tribal colleges and universities. For over 45 years, AHEC has worked to ensure that tribal sovereignty is recognized and respected and that tribal colleges and universities are included in this nation's higher education system. Information on a tribal college or university near you at AIHEC.org. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.